0: Oh boy. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jake. It's Jake Johanson. I bet you thought I gave up. I didn't give up, and I'm glad you didn't give up. It's uh, <laughs> episode 231. Oh, my God. I got I to gotta rededicate myself to my priorities of my things. I've been spending too much time doing jujitsu and uh, enjoying myself. Not that this is not... This is enjoying myself. I'm not spending enough time enjoying myself doing this, and I'm spending too much time enjoying myself doing other things. Um, Anyway, this has been an awesome year for me. I hope it's been an awesome year for you, uh, touring around the world with the great Russell Peters. Big thank you to him. I doubt he's listening, but anybody who is listening should know that uh, Russell Peters is an awesome comedian, and an awesome friend. And we just had the greatest time. And uh, I, I've got nothing but gratitude and respect for for Russell Peters. Uh, we went everywhere. And he got me started doing jiu-jitsu. That's been a great journey this year, and I'm on that uh, for life. Well, you like to think for life. <laughs> we went to the promotion ceremony at my um, uh, academy. I guess that's what they call it, an academy for jiu-jitsu. And uh, I realized I may not not be able to make it to Black Belt because my body might give up. But I talk about that later in this episode. My guest today is uh, Chris Ryan, the author of Sex at Dawn, and uh, uh, his upcoming book is called Civilized to Death. Uh, I am so happy to have him as a friend. I met him a few years ago, and he came over and was nice enough we recorded a conversation for the podcast that I want to share with you. And uh, it's a couple guys hanging out, talking about stuff. And uh, that's got to be what you need around this time of the holidays. No pressure on you. You don't have to think about anything. You don't have to talk about anything. But you can have opinions. And you can email your opinions to me at jake at jakethis.com. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at jakethis or Instagram. I'm jakethis on Instagram. And I've been kind of trying to do a little bit more on Instagram uh, lately just because it's easier to post short videos. and, And that's a fun thing. And I'm also on uh, Facebook as Jake Johansson, so you got to look all that up. I got some YouTubes. Oh boy, you know all that. You know all that. This isn't our first time together. Um, I'm also planning a big trip down to New Zealand for my uh, wife's grandmother uh, apostrophe s grandmother's uh, birthday. Hundred. She's gonna be a hundred. We're heading down there for that in uh, January 2019. I can't believe it's 2019, Um, and all that that entails. We're all getting older, but we're all still in the game. I'm glad that you're here, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Uh, I love you, and, uh, and I feel you loving me. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's podcast time. And
1: uh, am I a guest on your show? That's or? a good question. I don't know. I thought you were going to be a guest on mine. But let's. We can, You want to co-release? I think. Well, yes. Co-release sounds really gay in this it context. Does doesn't it? Well. I think it's heterosexual
0: too. I'd I'd like to co-release with my wife when.
1: Yeah, but she's not here. I'd like to co-release with your wife too. Hey, whoa. <laughs> who wouldn't? Come on, she's 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 a good. She's <laughs> held up pretty well under <laughs> a lot of. Pressure from Jake. A lot of. You've been Jake in this for a long time. I'm a How little mean, yeah. bit of a. Yeah, I'm. am not easy. I'm a problem. By the way, is your moniker Jake? This is that a reference to suck this? No,
0: it sort of sounds naughty, but yeah. uh, the the reason for Jake this. Is that my website is jakethis.com because my name, Jake Johansson, requires some spelling skills. Is it two N's or two S's? It's no two one really N's, knows. One S and then an yeah. E instead of an O. You know, you gotta
1: simplify that and shit. It, I know, so <clears> I <it throat> just went down to this. I mean, you gotta Americanize that. So okay you went down to this but but it's definitely like yeah Jake this buddy you know well, sort you of like grab your balls when you, you say, can it. say
0: it you can say it on a I was thinking if I'm on radio that this is before podcasts and before social media it's I had before the website. television well no there was television already right. but when I would go on uh, morning radio to promote a show or something you want to tell them how to get to your website Jake this if you say it's oh it's Jake this. Jake Dot com was owned by some guy who had a fishing charter in the caribbean and he wasn't even using it but when i asked if i yeah. could oh, get man. it from him it was like yeah ten thousand dollars yeah you yeah. can get it from me he thought his ship would so come jake in jake this
1: that guy yeah <laughs> exactly J- jake you yeah yeah because you do have that hard k which is good like right? fuck oh jake. right yeah fuck jake this fuck this
0: k k k k right the k sounds are good k. hard
1: yeah the, the, uh, george carlin did a whole bit about that the hard k's it was in, it was it was part of his seven words you can't say a television was he
0: did so many things like yeah. it's hard to but keep track of but that was his all most all famous things. bit right the, the seven dirty words yeah. that you can't say but shit, now piss, you
1: shit can... piss fuck cunt cock cock sucker motherfucker and tits shit piss fuck cock cunt cocksucker motherfucker and mother tits that's and eight tits. so i've added one literally. i think that's how my memory i think works.
0: it's i think it's not cock
1: cock sucker yeah because cock you can't the cocks, say until the cock tits. crowed and yeah. that was part of his thing too like you could say the cock crowed and like you can prick was another one he was like you, you can, can prick your finger it. but don't finger your prick yeah yeah that george carlin he was good <laughs> <laughs> he was good you're still everyone's
0: still in his shadow that fucking guy yeah, well right. Yeah. He he's well, and he had a nice long he lived a long time. He did a lot of he did a lot of things for a long time. A lot time. of Coke is what he did. I for think a he long did. Time. Well I don't know. I don't know what he was up to. He was a Coke
1: head. Are you a Coke head? Do you are you a Coke guy? No, I don't no, like Coke. Me neither. I think Coke appeals to a particular personality or uh, maybe maybe is not the right word, but I think Coke appeals very strongly to people who feel deeply insecure about themselves. Because they get confidence from it. Right. For a little while, they feel smart and confident and articulate... And then they come down from it and realize they had, they talked all night long and probably yeah you know and then they feel worse and that's the cycle.
0: Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I've tried. I tried it, but I didn't. I didn't get confidence from it. Man, I, I, maybe I should give it another try. <laughs> but uh, I I got too busy. You just feel like you you're not busy enough. You need to get busier.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, busy talking, busy yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. Less energy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I've tried it. Jesus, I've tried it, you know, yeah. seven million times. <laughs> Maybe I do have a Coke problem. Yeah, really, I'm not addicted. I'm I, not just addicted. I just I keep trying it again and again. there's something about it I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, my, uh, my buddy Tao has this line. He's like, yeah, I, I really I don't like Coke. Unless you have some. I, mean, I guess that's an old line.
0: Yeah, I think people are still doing Coke. I know they are. Yeah. Right? I feel like we learned our lesson. We're from the, I did. I'm not
1: yeah I'm Coke just prepared. I mean the time I had of a friend in Barcelona who was pretty into Coke and you know we'd be out for a few beers and then he'd you know pull out the Coke and the problem with that is then a few beers turns into 4am it turns and everything into a, into a into like a marathon one of those
0: ultra ultra marathon not yeah. even a marathon it's, it's like let, let's just yeah. go all night and then
1: tomorrow let's spend tomorrow and, and the, where's the destination of the marathon? It's like a really long run to a neighborhood you don't want to be in. It's, there's just a guy in front of you in a truck going,
0: come on, come on!
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then you lose the whole next day. Yeah. Which isn't... See, that's the opposite of being busy.
0: <laughs> well, if you've got a whole next day that looks like it's just going to be terrible anyway <laughs> sometimes you just well, I'll, I'll yeah take that and i'll yeah. trash tomorrow yeah not me anymore i'm a, i'm a, i don't know i think i'm pretty low on the dry it started in, i dabbled now with some of the thc vape things but oh. well, that's that's had limited appeal to me
1: how, how are you on on marijuana are you uh makes me I, I have to get the the
0: dosage or the strain has to be just right. right. Otherwise I get into, either I, either I sleepy, I want to punch out, or... Um, couch walk? Yeah, or I get a little, uh, I guess it's paranoia, but that thing where you can't tell if everybody knows that you're stoned or not, and, and it, you want to talk more, but you think you might be talking too much, that, that's not a good feeling it for Sounds me. like paranoia. Yeah, it yeah. could be paranoia. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I used to use marijuana a fair bit, and now I haven't in months. Um, and in the last few years, it's been very sporadic. I like the plant a lot. I love growing it. I love having it around. But using it... <laughs> I've never heard that about... It. You like having it around? Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. plant. It yeah. smells great. It's very responsive. Um you know, in the sense that I mean, I've cultivated it for uh-huh. years and years, so it's it's a plant I know really well. And so you can fertilize it, and it takes it, in and water the, the and color of the leaves you're... will change in a Maybe. day. You know, if it's if it's lacking some nutrient, I used to piss in my plants every morning, which was nice. We had this relationship. Uh, for kids at home listening, don't piss directly into the plant, but piss in, in it... a bucket, mix it with rainwater, and dilute it. And the, the phosphorus in the piss is absorbed very quickly by the plant, but just a little. Not every day. You're not putting a
0: well it depends how big the pot is. Plant a whiz in there every day. Is, does it affect the smell of your house?
1: Well, no, because my plants are outside. Yeah, yeah. That's probably also a good note <laughs> yeah. to the listener. <laughs> That's right. If you're growing in an indoor facility, well, it smells so much like weed anyway that a little piss in the pot right. isn't. And do you get high... But also, if they're is, growing indoor, it's hydroponic. That's a whole different thing. Is there THC in the smell?
0: Like, if you're around plant pot plants when no. they're growing, you're not getting high. No, no. no.
1: No, but there, there's a lot of interesting stuff about marijuana. For example, uh, you know, what you're, what's getting you high, literally, in a marijuana plant is frustrated female sexual energy. Mm. So, what you've got is... The plants, and people listening to this already know this, there there are people who, professional marijuana cultivators listen to my podcast. I know this because, bless you people out there, because they order their supplies on Amazon through my affiliate link. So I get these reports, right? Oh, they're
0: supplies for their growth. Right. So they're operations. like
1: gallons of fertilizer and, you know, 600-watt bulbs and, you know, all this stuff. that <laughs> Just in case. I get a lot of government agents listening to my podcast, so <laughs> if
0: you just want to go check the people on Chris Ryan's Hey, it's legal.
1: Or... It's legal. That's the beauty of it. The, the things, things they're legal. buying are legal, but they may not be doing it in a legal way. Nah, they're point. in Oregon, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, they're right. in Oregon. Yeah, everybody's got a permit for everything. Yeah, come I know on. That.
1: Um, anyway, the thing about the marijuana, that one of many things... I mean, first, it's the plant that's been cultivated by humans the longest. There's no way to look at marijuana without human intervention. Longer marijuana than, is like the dog of the plant world. Longer than wheat? Longer than wheat. And I love the way you got that H into the wheat. Do you do that with all WH words? That, that was just for comedic... <laughs> I have friends who do that. They're like... Whom and when. I'm like, dude, you're wasting a lot of breath unnecessarily on that word. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they went to Harvard, these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so marijuana, you get the way you... you the, the, the THC and other um, psychoactive chemicals are concentrated in the resin, the sticky... Sticky wicky, as Snoop Dogg puts it, and the resin is in the in the in the bud in the what the bud the bud, which yes. is where the uh, flower, the flower is, comes right? out. So in nature, the plant produces some flowers, gets pollinated, goes to seed, and dies. That's just the the, the way, it way it works, works right? But so in your you basement, do, <laughs> what happens? But in your mother's walk-in closet, what happens is. You remove male plants. Now this is in the old days when they didn't have um, f- feminized seeds. Now you can buy seeds that are all female plants. I don't mm. know how they do that. Some sort of DNA manipulation. In the year 20.:
0: 25, 25. <laughs> Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> what was that? If man is still alive, will will we survive? It's he, it's about like women don't really need us when they can't. When they yeah, don't need. Yeah, but who who did it? Well, that's a, a, is, a Monty, you can Google that. But it's not like, a Monty Python thing, is it? No, 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 it's a it's a real rock star. Oh, okay. Pot song. It's a, okay. I'll Google that while you try, describe
1: what happens in your in yeah, your crawl space matter. when you're growing pot. So you, you remove get so you, so you, so you, as soon as the plants start to show sexual characteristics because you have a male and a female marijuana plant. Not mm-hmm. all plants have gender, by the way. Uh, many don't. Um, well, but don't some of them do their their self like they go? You're going to be a lady. I'm going to be a man, and then you know they can be either one. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't know that much about plants other than marijuana. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, oh, like, all my knowledge of plants is focused on that one plant. Uh, anyway, so what you do is you eliminate the male plants as soon as they start to show any sexual characteristics before they mature and can start pollinating the fuck out of the females. You eliminate all the males, so then the females start to flower when they reach maturity. They start to flower, and those flowers don't get fertilized. So, so then like, they flower the more. Are. We're not trying hard. Exactly. Enough. Where are the dudes? Where are the They're dudes? They're away. We so they get make some some more flowers, and more flowers, and more flowers, and in those flowers is this resin, which is like honey, which when the pollen lands on it, it sticks. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that's the evolutionary purpose of the resin. So because they're not getting pollinated, they they keep pr- produce more, more and more and more resin. They become these juicy, desperate females, uh-huh. and that's where your buzz is. And so then when you harvest them, and also there's some there's like an S M component to it. Some growers they they bend the branches almost to the breaking point and tie them down. And the thinking there is that they produce more resin because they're stressed. So Mm. it's kind of like spanking a little bit. Yeah. Or, you know, pick your, your, your dominant submissive. But it feels
0: like then that pot could make you more... Anxious because the plant was anxious. You know, like they say when you when
1: yeah, you like you a eat deer, the meat you right. Like, yeah, with adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There hasn't been scientific research into that that I'm aware of. That's beyond the scope of this conversation. It's as are most things. But let yeah. me just tell you
0: this: In the year 2025, is a 1968 hit song by the American pop rock duo of Zager and Evans. It reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for six weeks, commencing July 12th, 1969. It peaked at number one in the UK singles chart for three weeks in August and September that year.
1: I hope they invested that money because I don't think there was any more after that. Zager and Evans? Yeah. Yeah. Where are they now? Oh, oh, Dead. I wonder if
0: you can click on them. No, here we go. Zager and Evans, pop duo of the 60s and early 70s (laughs) named for its two members thanks (laughs) yeah good Uh, they're both
1: from guess what state Wisconsin Nebraska Nebraska Nebraska. that was my next guess Uh, yeah they never had another national hit record after that yeah yeah they should have tried in the year 2026 the follow up yeah, every year. Oh, God, wouldn't it be great if there was an alternate universe?
0: How do we know they didn't? How do we they know might they might be the biggest thing ever in South Africa, and we just don't know it. Zager now builds custom guitars at Zager Guitars in Lincoln, Nebraska. Evans has largely retired from public life, but offered online commentaries about 2025, 2025 and his whereabouts as recently as 2013.
1: Cool. Well, it's good to know. Yeah, that they're thriving. <clears throat> Speaking of musicians, yes, have you seen the uh, Bruce Springsteen special on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's extremely good. He's very good. He's very good. Uh, I saw
0: him when I was in college in the seventies at uh, well, when he was on tour for the River album, uh-huh. uh, and it was a great show. And that was he was doing it in a basketball arena i mean i don't know where you have to go see him live now it's some kind of outdoor stadium watching from a helicopter or something it's it's it's
1: too many many people like him yeah yeah well this the special is great it's his broadway show that i guess ran for a month Mm -hmm. um, and it just finished and so they you know filmed it for netflix So now we can all watch it. We can all watch it. Not just the rich people. And you don't need to be in a helicopter. You can watch it from the comfort of your your sofa. I don't think it would be as good in a helicopter. It's pretty noisy in there. No matter how they insulate them, they're still pretty noisy. You ever been in a helicopter? I have. I haven't. I saw Joe Rogan just posted... Couple videos a couple days ago, he was flying around over downtown LA with Bill Burr, who is a helicopter pilot. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I did see that Bill was learning how to fly a helicopter. I took private plane flying lessons, or air flying lessons. I took flying lessons in a tiny plane at Santa Monica Airport Uh because I was so. My house used to be about 12, 15 blocks from here, right in the flight path. And I was so mad about the planes that I thought, how do I turn this into a positive so I took flying lessons for a while and it's just it's expensive and it's dangerous and it, it hasn't been a while since you went you feel a little bit like is this the right you, you know you can make one of those silly mistakes like oh I forgot to check the thing and now you're dead so I I didn't like the flying hmm. and I wouldn't get in uh, Bill Burr I suppose I trust Bill I've met him a few times he's super funny but uh it's a quality you want in your pilot yeah, I don't know if I want to get in a thing that's... I like the commercial flights because that guy has been flying all day, every day for a while. Yeah. And he's not going to make some
1: kind of checklist mistake. How do you feel when you're on a commercial flight and the pilot gets on to introduce himself and all that and he goes for laughs? Is that comforting for you? Because you know sometimes they're like, hey, I got a mic, I'm, you know, I'm the funny pilot. Do you like that? Or are you like, dude, just fly the fucking plane and... I like a little bit of joking around. I feel like I've flown so much
0: that I don't have a nervous, you hmm. know, I've, I've kind of disconnected. I've, I've <clears throat> embedded that idea of, look, it's worth it, the risk of me dying. I need to go to Omaha, and Nebraska. Play <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uncle Laffy's. Uncle Laffy's. <laughs> Have you had uh, close calls, freaky situations on airplanes? Nothing nothing like where anything banged off the roof or anything.
0: I've been on there where it's been, it's gotten bumpy and a little bit, uh, like the people around me were sort of alarmed. And I had to... People holding hands? Yeah, a little bit of hand-holding, a little bit of,
1: you know, you see the person next to you and they're grabbing onto the chair. So if you were in a plane, let's say you were like, you know cruising altitude over the Pacific on your way to Bali and two engines blew up and you're like, and everyone's like, Oh, we are going to die now. Yeah. Would you, and you were sitting next to a very attractive woman. <laughs> I mean what would your reaction be like I'm going to go down fucking or would it be like I'm going to go down screaming like a little bitch or you know where, where do you think you'd fall in that spectrum I feel like uh um, <sighs> No offense to Little Bitches, by the way. Jonathan
0: Katz, the comedian Jonathan Katz, who yeah. had that show, Dr. Katz. Mm-hmm. Very funny guy. If you're listening to this, check out Jonathan Katz. He he was a stand-up before he did that show, and he had mm-hmm. this joke in his act, which I hope I'm um, allowed to. But he, would, he was in this bar, in this, just having a beer, and, and something's on the news, and so he asked the guy next to him, who's a tough you know, biker guy, what, what would you, you know, it's about nuclear war, he goes, what would you do if you found out the bombs were on the way and we were all going to die? He goes, the guy next to him goes, I'd fuck the first thing that moves, what would you do? John the Catz goes, I'd hold very still." <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But I think the reality is, you know, maybe if you got an hour or two, you could get an erection, but if it's yeah. like, boy, you got <laughs> Is that a... how long it takes? Well, no, but I mean... Come if on, Jake, it faster. But... if. We... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! Take this. If you're we gonna die, if you're gonna die in five minutes, do you think you could get an erection and and go for it? Do you think you could I, do it I, in a crowded plane where some people are crying? Yeah, maybe. I don't think there's any way. Not at my age. Maybe when I was fifteen. <laughs> fifteen, I've already got an erection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't. Right. I think it'd be hard to. I think it'd be hard to. It'd have be sex. A, that would There'd be, to a, time be time. a pressure time crunch. So yeah. many things going on. Yeah, there's a lot of distraction. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think I could get the green light from uh, Belinda, my wife, if uh, if that situation ever came up, that I would be allowed. But you would have to text her. No, so she would say no. I just I'm going to assume that you're you get a to waiver. The lady next to you
1: in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's really awkward is if she's in the other side, on the other seat. She's in the window seat. <laughs> She's asleep. I didn't want to wake you up because I thought we were going to die. And so I I had sex with a lady in the middle seat. And
0: uh, it turns out the pilot was able to pull it off. Yeah. I panicked. It was just thunder. But uh, so so that, plus also, that's the reason when we get off
1: the plane, I got to talk to
0: the police for a little while.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'll be right there, honey. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Bali soon. So that's why I'm asking. I'm just trying to plan ahead. Mm. Well, I think... Oh, yeah. By the way, I, I stole one of your jokes in my, in my uh, intro to a recent podcast, but I mentioned Uh-oh. you. Well, Well, that's good. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't the whole joke. It was just the little bit where you click on the thing saying, I'm not a robot. Yes. Like, what's on the other side of that? Mm-hmm. That's, that was so fucking brilliant, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to download.
0: I'm ready to become a robot. Are you? This, these podcasts will be so much easier when we're all robots. We'll just be telepathically commun- Well, we won't have to tell the other robots what we think; they'll
1: know. You know, maybe even you know, because this will live forever in a digital cloud somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe there will come a day when they'll be able to just listen to enough conversation and pull out your personality just from this these archived conversations. Reboot a version of you. Yeah. Well, and that'll be great.
0: Uh, I suppose it'll be sort of an immortality, but you won't—that you, you won't know about this you. It'll only have the information that was in those conversations, plus some right.
1: extrapolated other. But isn't that part? Isn't backstory. that the point that the you know, there is no real you anymore. They're just these replicated copies of you, and and other people's idea of you. And they you all would, think they're you. It's like Black. Have you watched Black Mirror? Yeah. Yeah. I they get, I get into that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. like the, the robot or the replicant or whatever it is the, believes it to be you. Just like you believe you to be you at the moment. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't really prove that you are you. you well, right. You In know, the me, this is the the me matrix tomorrow,
0: now. tomorrow me, will know all of the <clears throat> things that happen between now and then, or most of them. Whatever it can remember, but tomorrow me may not know all the things that today me knows because they may I may there may be some things that I'm just on the verge of forgetting. Yeah, that by tomorrow will be gone. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was, I was this is another thing I mentioned in that same uh, rant where I used one of your jokes, with, um, which is I was thinking about this because I have a friend who's uh, in her early 30s, and we were talking about. Like, I feel like I really like hanging with young people, like Kyle, our mutual buddy. He's twenty eight and he's great, and the energy and all that. But there's, I feel a wariness about. You're wary, or he's wary. I'm I'm wary. I'm wary, wary. and and the wariness comes from the fact that I realize (laughs) that young what. I'm just trying to turn this into some kind of sexual predator. Like, I'm
0: wary that there's something illegal about the thoughts that I'm having <laughs> exactly. about these young people. You
1: always got to yeah. ask for ideas. So what are you wary about? So I'm wary because because I'm aware of the fact that young people can change so much. In fact, that's part of being young, is that you're, you're changing in like a radical sense. And then... I think we reach an age where then we stop those sort of radical fundamental changes. Like unless you're, you know, an addict or there's something like very fundamental and structural that you do struggle to change. But I think most people we sort of reach a um, for example, okay. There was a point in my life and it was probably maybe 30, 31, 32 somewhere in there where I settled on a drying sequence when I got out of the shower, mm-hmm. like i from that point on, I dried my body the same way every time. I figured it out. We're going right to the important shit uh-huh well it's a it's a metaphor, right? So I figured out like this is how I dry my hair, and then I don't need to comb it mm-hmm. and and then this works on the back, and this does this, and this is a, it's not like I, it's like you learn to tie your shoes. There are 15 different ways to tie your shoes. You settle on one, you're four years old or whatever you are, and that's how you tie your shoes Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life, right? So I think that happens elsewhere in many ways. There's a certain way you like to make your coffee. There's a certain way you like to, whatever. Uh Uh, And I feel like we reach a stage in life where we're kind of like, okay, you're Jake now, and you're just going to get older. Whereas previous to that, you were different versions of Jake that may have been quite different. You know what? Yes, I see what you mean. Uh, And,
0: not but, but and, I I think that 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 can really vary with people. Because I feel like as in, in life... When I think about the choices that you make, you know, if you're, if, if it's a tree more t- uh, metaphor, and you're climbing up a tree, you know. Once you're at a certain, and you did, you're not going to go back down, then once you pass some branches, those are things that are not open to you anymore, mm. you know. Right. And but it's not that's that metaphor doesn't exactly hold up. But you know, you there's 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 opportunities that I had that I didn't take that are no longer, I mean, there's so less, I don't want to go back to school and become a lawyer, or an engineer, right. or any of those yeah. kind of things anymore. Yeah. On the one hand, on the other hand, I am surprised. When I was in my 30s, I went to New Orleans for the first time, and I loved it so much. And I was probably 34, 35, so you think you're a grown-up sort of at that time. I couldn't believe there was a thing that I loved that much, that I had zero inkling would ever happen. And... Uh, and then I went to Jazz Fest every year from then on. I've only missed a couple of years recently because of some of this international travel. And and that that was a major epiphany in my life, that there was a thing like that.
1: But you didn't change. You just found something that
0: you really liked. Well, I changed in the sense that pre-then pre me wasn't talking about New Orleans and making the food. Right. And
1: but pre-then you would have enjoyed it
0: if someone had taken you there. Possibly, possibly. I mean, you know... But you're talking more about uh, how I'm me. You feel like you're you, and you're not going to change. Well, I started doing this jujitsu this year, right? And I really love that. I put that in that category of wow, I really like this. I I almost wish, well, I definitely wish that I had started it sooner because, you know, we're also at a point. I feel like I'm not obsessed with my mortality, but like reality check: when you're in your fifties, you know, there's not a. I don't know how many more years you got where you can walk around and do all the things that you can do now. Right. I mean, it's 20, 20 if you're lucky, maybe, maybe more, but, uh, but it's going down. Like we went to the award ceremony at the Jiu-Jitsu place the other day uh, where people get promoted to the next level belt or they have stripes that they give you inside the belt. And I got a couple stripes and my friend got promoted from white to blue. And I was saying, you know, I'm gonna see you get your black belt. And I probably will see him get his back, black belt, but I don't think I, I I may not make it to that just because I won't be my body just won't be able to keep doing it. Right. You know. Right. So I feel like in that sense I am who I am, but I'm also changing into another thing, and I don't rule out that there might be a thing that I do next year that I decide. Oh well, now I'm also going to become a chef, so I'm a different person, or not a chef, but I'm going to learn more about cooking, or I'm, gonna, I'm enhancing the me that I've become. So I think yeah. some people are changing a lot. I feel like you are lucky at, you know, not that I think of us, but at, we're at the same, at this age you're lucky to have connected with young people in a way where they give a shit about what you think. And uh, I think that that's something that's good for them and good for you. You know that you can impart some of the knowledge wisdom that you've got and that they they want to receive it i mean there's plenty of people who are our age who are frustrated because they know some shit and no one gives a shit yeah
1: yeah milan kundera one of my favorite authors said the reason i write books is that my kids don't listen to me (laughs) (laughs) and he's got a dream that someday
0: he thinks they will yeah (laughs) Uh, It's like he reaches, or somebody listens to. He he puts it out for for
1: strangers. Oh well,
0: look, that's the reason you become a comedian, and you become a, I think, an actor, or an author. I think that everybody's like, fuck, I've got shit I want to say, yeah, and I'm, and I need to say it. How do I get people
1: to listen to it? you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, motherfucker awards. Yes, you you and Kyle produced the
0: motherfucker and awards. You were you and were I fantastic. Did. I really enjoyed that. Was I had a big week or a big week and a half because we did the motherfucker awards. So technically, I got an award that says that I was a motherfucker, right? Even though the awards were for yeah. terrible industries that are screwing our mother. Different for. kind of motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was exciting. And then that week, I went to Chicago, and I got you see that up on the fireplace right there. Oh yeah, that's a cup. That says, uh, comedy legend. Oh. Jake Johansson from the comedy club there in Chicago, Zanies. It's their was
1: this year's their fortieth anniversary of being in business, and I've been there a lot I, of times. I, I noticed the motherfucker award is not up on the mantelpiece over the fireplace. And Jake. I would
0: have put it up there, but I was worried because it's made out of glass, and I thought if it falls off there, no, it's then, too precious then to, I'm to risk then exposing.
1: I'm yeah, you're motherfucked. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: so I didn't really, I, I, I really struggled with that because I want, I would put it
1: up there. Sure, you would. Yeah, mine's mm-hmm. mine's right next to my AVN award. Yeah, they, they yeah. Make, maybe I will put it up. They put make it up a cute there. Couple. I'll tell you what. I'll put it up there for Christmas. Even if you're not coming over. <laughs> so what else happened that and week? And then I, and I got two stripes on my belt. Oh, same Jiu-Jitsu. week. Goddamn. Yeah, one
0: week. Yeah, it was a big. You are changing, big Jake. Big Jake. I am. changing. You're growing up. That's what's good. What's happening? I'm making the victory lap of my life. Where I go, you know, when you, if you're if you're some super successful actor, then they they give you you get all these lifetime achievements uh, yeah, awards yeah. and stuff. So my version of that is I got a motherfucker. I got this yeah. cup from a
1: yeah. comedy club. Next step is Chicago. the in-memoriam
0: prize. <laughs> you know, when you say you get two stripes on your belt, what, yeah. it's a piece of
1: tape that yeah. they put around the yeah. belt. It's like I've never been so proud of two pieces of tape. I, but, You know, I, uh, I studied kung fu when I was... A kid and we had these silk sashes that mm-hmm. they gave us. These white silk sashes with fringe and they had black stripes. And, you know nice. each stripe. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. This was in uh, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, and years I, I carried my mine around with me. I was so proud of the stripes yes. I'd earned and mm-hmm. all that. And uh, years later, I showed it to somebody when I was living in Connecticut, um, and he said, "Oh yeah, we we use those at." Um, uh, the synagogue and there are these you've seen the like orthodox Jews have the white silk thing with the black stripes on them
0: well not with the blacks I, I, but I know what
1: you're talking they, they about Belinda,
0: Belinda graduated from UCLA they had a, a sash thing like that
1: Wow. Oh, so I I think these are like some sort of Jewish mm-hmm. thing that our Okinawan Kung Fu teacher was like ordering somewhere and like nobody knew because well, right. there are no Jewish people studying Kung Fu in western Pennsylvania well, there I mean, were no Jews actually. There was—I knew one Jewish kid in uh, what was her name, Rosenberg, Sherry Rosenberg—and uh, I didn't really understand what Jewish even meant until I moved to Connecticut.
0: I guess I didn't really. We had a. There was a synagogue in the town where I lived, and we went there on a as a, as a tour for our Sunday school to experience, you know, see other religions. And let's face it, they they we're all people of the book: Christians, the Jews, and the. Muslims, the, the Old Testament, everybody's yeah. got that in common. Um, so we went there, but but I, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. I guess maybe a, there must have been Jewish people since there was that synagogue that were in my kids in my school, or maybe they had their own school. I don't know. But I remember moving to San Francisco in the eighties and having a friend David Feldman who would be on stage talking about anti Semitism and I'm like, No, that was that's World War II That's right. like, we they, the concentration camps, that was that like stupid Hitler. Yeah. We're done with that now. I didn't get that, oh, this is an ongoing thing because I had so little interaction with Jewish people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're both Midwesterners. That's interesting. Did you yep. did you say pop where you grew up? Soda pop? I don't remember. We didn't drink that stuff. Oh.
0: Satan's brew. We would drink yeah milk. Milk. The amount of milk that I drank when I was a kid. We would have a glass of milk with every meal, right? It's got calcium and protein. and we we're, we're, were just sure that, yeah. well, I think maybe less
1: so. A lot of pus. It. Do you know that there's a lot of pus in milk?
0: I didn't know that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was listening to uh, a podcast. I think it was Fresh Air with Terry Gross um, interviewing... Uh, Oh, who's who's the actress who was in the Black Swan and so many other things? Beautiful, Jewish. Uh, Shit, what's her name? Uh, God. Anyway, she's a. I'm gonna figure this out. Animal rights activist, Mm -hmm. and she was talking about the dairy industry and how the cows are mistreated and you know in these very small enclosures and sick and they hook up these you know um, automatic milking machines. And she said, like the the FDA allowed the milk to have like fifteen percent pus content. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. And I was just like, oh, that just kind of. I don't ruined think fifteen percent. That seems high. Check it out. It can't be fifteen percent pus. Maybe it's five. I don't know. But whatever it is, it was too much pus. I mean, I mean, how much pus is, is well, What's no, the right level of pus in You don't in ask. Your milk?
0: Well, well, look, there's insect parts in a your peanut shake. butter. I mean, it's like, look, you've got to make an omelet. You got to break some eggs. You're going to have some milk. You got to have a little pus in there. Yeah. It comes out of the udders of a cow. You know. know, so maybe there's a little bit of infection or whatever. Have you, have you ever had like? They're not adding pus to the milk. That, that just comes. It comes along. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Add like new, new nutrients. This, this batch is a little low on like, pus. Can that's you, right little, And pus is very high in vitamin D. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had, like, milk straight from a cow? No, I haven't ever had that. Have you I'm ever not... milked a cow?
0: No, I don't think so. I was trying to... I mean, you I forgot. Milked, I'm milked sure there's things that I've Anything? forgotten. I think I've milked something. <clears throat> I've grabbed onto some animal's <laughs> hut or t- was It
1: wasn't a lady. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So what about... <laughs> Human milk. Have you ever tasted human milk? <laughs>
0: when, when our daughter was first born,
1: uh-huh. you know, you,
0: you, the kids nurse from the mother's breast. But really? All, yes. Thanks, Jay. I know you knew this. <laughs> but then another thing that happens is, you're the mom. You fill up, and if the kid doesn't drink it all, you've got a pump. Yeah. Which is like a milking machine that you right. put on yourself. Right. Pump the breast milk out, and then you can save it in the fridge, and the kid can have it later in a bottle. And so. Uh, so my dad was visiting when our daughter was little and breastfeeding, and, and uh, it was, I'm getting the breast milk out of the fridge, and we're having some uh, breast milk, ha, 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 and my dad goes, have you ever tried it? And I go, yeah. And he says, from the bottle? And I was like, well, no. Dad. No, not from the bottle. Yeah. Do you have another question? I mean, why, why would you even ask that question?
1: <laughs> do that, and
0: that was—he had no follow-up questions from that. I yeah. think he wanted. I think he would have, if there was a way that you could unask a question. <laughs> I think he would have done that.
1: Wouldn't that be nice if you could just undo? Yeah, like one step back. Control wanna, Z. Control Z.
0: I want to do over on that. Can I get a do over?
1: <laughs> yeah, or like when people say, "I take it back." You can't take it back. You said it. You can't take it back.
0: Well, you can't. I feel like you can let them. Look, you said it. I know you think it. You Take it back. That means we'll the, pretend
1: I didn't hear we'll, that. We'll
0: pretend it was an accident. We'll
1: pretend you didn't really mean to say it. But that. do you really? Hmm? Do you really pretend that? I don't think so. I, I think, think we that's all just—we're all going to agree to live a fucking charade now. Well, it would be, look, I'm,
0: I'm at a point in my life where if someone asked me if they could take something back, it would be refreshing. <laughs>
1: take it all back. <laughs> because
0: I feel like we're living in a, in a year where, sorry, not sorry. That's the expression now. Sorry, wow. not sorry. Like, yeah. not only do I not take it back, I apologize, but I don't really apologize. You so know? what's the point of that? It's a fuck, it's a fuck you. Yeah. We're, in, we're in fuck you time now. Are we? Yeah. I feel like you're so lucky. If somebody wants to take something back, you go, that's very refreshing. The idea that you would regret something that you've done Mm. is refreshing. Mm. Because I think everybody now is, uh, maybe it's participation, everybody wants to blame participation trophies on on everything. Mm. But I feel like people are so high on their own supply, they just can't believe that they could possibly ever make a mistake, that even when they make a mistake, they kind of feel like, well, fuck it, that's me, you know me, you know how I am. Hmm. I I keep in mind that this isn't a philosophy that I have. This is just a thing that I made up in this last minute.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of out of sync with the modern world sometimes. I mean, I I guess I always have been. But, like, my Twitter feed is, like, a lot of kindness. Yeah, mine
0: is, too. I think it's different if... I mean, this is the real wake-up call. I I have some younger female friends who are comedians online, and they're talking about, you know, what jerks guys are to them. And, you know, and they're sick of guys like us saying, well, it's not all guys because they know it's not all guys. But there's, there's such a there's such an angry, hateful vibe going out there that, yeah. that somehow we're, we're not experiencing it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. that's, maybe that's white male privilege. Maybe that's maybe. why. Yeah. Or maybe it's because we're just old enough that that's not going on. Right, that I we're mean, sort
1: of not in the, in the pit with that. When we also, understand... I block people on Twitter. Well, if we someone's don't understand... an asshole, I block them right away. Well, this is kind of your area. I listened to this
0: series of um, podcasts uh, that Radiolab put out called In the Know, N-O and it was about consent and some of the stories that these younger people were telling about consent and what was a violation of their consent were so like difficult because they were so different and foreign to like that this woman was angry at a friend that she had who was they were both heterosexual and but they weren't sexually involved with each other but they would Cuddle and hang out, and he he came over and they were cuddling and there was some kind of touching, mutual kind of touching going on, and then he he wanted them to masturbate together and she was not into that, but and she said, look, go into it in the bathroom and come back, but he went ahead and finished anyway, and she was really mad that that was this super violation of her thing, her her ability to consent, and it's like, man, he. he you, you, from my point of view, it's like boy, you you're really asking a lot of people to get them to a point where they've got their genitals out and they're aroused and they're doing sex stuff, and I mean I get that no means no, but also that was such a like, so we masturbated in front of you, but you guys were already masturbating in front of each other anyway. But then he had an orgasm and that, and then it was an ongoing thing. Like they were out of touch for a while after that, and I and I was really like wow. I, I, First of all, I never had an experience like that. But uh second of all, it's like, man, I this idea that you've got a friend that you're masturbating with, but then if somebody has an orgasm, that's like, no, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. It's like, wow, this is like that's like some strip club relationship that you got going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, America has a thing about rules. You know, it's a very, We love them. We love them. And I've thought about that a lot because, you know, living in Spain so long, it's the, the way behavior is managed in other cultures is very different. And, you know, I think even on a legal level, for example, when I was growing marijuana in Spain, it, it was not legal, but it was not illegal. In the sense that, and a lot of things are like that in Spain, There's the, the gray zone is massive in, in Spanish culture, even in the legal culture. So, for example, in the U.S., it's illegal to grow, at that time, it was illegal to grow marijuana. Cops are flying over with infrared cameras trying to pick up the heat from your lamps if you're growing indoors, you know, taking shots of people's rooftops, looking for marijuana plants. It's illegal, and they're coming after you if you're doing it, right? The law is the law. In Spain, there are people growing marijuana plants on their balcony overlooking, like, you know, the major avenues of Barcelona. Mm Mm-hmm. If nobody complains, the cops don't give a shit. The cops don't give a shit if you're breaking the law in a way that doesn't bother anyone. The 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 thing that alerts law enforcement is if someone complains, not if you're seen to be doing it.
0: That was a... You know, our, the American version of that is where they make the legal system so complicated that... Uh, yeah, do whatever you want. But if we decide we don't like you for any reason, we'll we're going to bust you for
1: some other right. reason. Everyone's because everyone's breaking that... the law every day. Right. You can't Every help... time you fucking click I agree on one of these updates on your software, you're lying. Because you haven't read it.
0: And you're probably doing something that, that you said that you wouldn't
1: do. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So that's, the, so that's the problem with that kind of mentality of like, yeah, it's illegal, but we don't enforce it unless somebody complains. Well, okay... What if they complain about something that you're doing that they can't catch you doing that but they know they can get you for the pot, do they then come after you for the pot even though no one complained to you about the pot? You know, cuz that's that's Yeah, that's, but see that, that to that's me what's is a beautiful, beautiful what are, about what we got going on here.
1: Yeah, that's that's the problem. Here the state becomes the enemy. The cops are the enemy cuz they cuz they want to get you. Like they're in Spain, and maybe I'm idolizing Spain or people think I'm whatever. I lived there 25 years, right? So, I, I, I mean, I've been there. There aren't cops sitting in the dark by fucking stop signs in the middle of nowhere waiting to see someone go through, drive through without stopping. They're not, they're not trying to trap you mm-hmm. like here, right? They're not doing that. They, they don't need a quota of tickets they need to write every fucking week or whatever bullshit that's going on. So it's a very different relationship that you have with law enforcement. There, it mm-hmm. feels like they're on your side, and I'm saying this as a you know 56 year old white man. I can't imagine, you know, and I feel like mm, cops are the enemy to me. Like I don't fucking trust talking to cops.
0: Well, it's it's so this is an, an interesting analogy because first we were talking about sexual consent and rules, and then you you switch to the cop right. Thing well, and, yeah, and, just, but this is yeah. But this is one thing. The thing right. that I think about pol- this political correctness is right. Everyone has a secret fantasy to be a cop. Yeah. Everybody, Everyone's an enforcer. They, they want to blow the whistle right. and catch you doing crimes, right. and they're the one who got the goods on you naughty right law breaking
1: yeah person. Exactly.
0: As opposed to acknowledging the fact that look everybody makes a mistake and how bad is the mistake that you made. Right. Is it is it even really a mistake that we want to be that worried about. Right. We can't even have those conversations.
1: Well see that's how it applies. I mean you know the, the me too thing I feel like in that example that you laid out there, like first of all, I agree with you totally that you got into this situation. You're in a situation where, like, people don't always control when they come, you know? Uh, so you're in a situation where you're, like, making these very fine gradations of what's acceptable and what isn't. You shouldn't be naked in the room with the dude, you know, Touching your junk together.
0: Well, that's yeah. You're it, in a you're in a place get, where shit yeah. happens. I don't want to
1: be a blame the
0: victim guy, but yeah, that I, I had a little bit of that situation. Like, look, if you don't want to be with a person who, when they have an orgasm, don't it, don't once, invite them into your the, bedroom once and they're get they're touching naked. their genitals, that's yeah. like okay, let's we got to back up from this. Yeah. So, but that was my example of look, people are living a different life because that's that's how we did it. That's how we think of it. Yeah. But that's not how these people. That I was listening to were thinking of
1: it. Yeah, you know. The problem even the, is, even the
0: guy, in retrospect, was like, "Yeah, I feel really bad. I yeah. did that, and I'm sorry." And it's right, like, yeah, well, I get that you're sorry, but really, are you sorry? He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, who's sorry?
1: Well, I'm sorry. He's sorry because <laughs> a lot of what I hear from young women is a lot of frustration over the fact that they can't find men. What they find is a bunch of apologetic, whimpering boys who and this brings it full circle who are on the surface very apologetic and meek and trying to be you know whatever like toe the line but you scratch that surface and there's rage it's fucking rage no doubt there's rage because they're being told that what they feel and what they're you know, what they want and all that is all dirty, it's all wrong, it's all horrible, you're a fucking sex monster, all men are rapists. Fuck that.
0: Well, we're different. It, I feel like this is the thing that gets men and women are different. And yeah. so if if I get that if you're a female, it feels like this is something that you should be able to do, hang out with your clothes off, cuddling with your best opposite sex man friend. And have it stay platonic, and, right? And, and have him
1: not get a hard on. Fuck right. that!
0: But this is always the thing that you would talk to women about, like, "Yeah, hey, I got a lot of guy friends," and it's like, "Well, I, I think most of them probably want to sleep with you." And they're like, "Why do you have to be a jerk? You're so shallow. You don't think that i value <laughs> that I that I could be valued to?" And I'm like, yeah. "No, that's not what I, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm just saying we're in our twenties, and guys in their twenties are, you know, I, okay. Maybe you got a guy friend who's in his forties or fifties or older who who." who's okay to be hanging out. Nine nine naked, not nine naked, not naked, not naked. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, it's tricky, but that's, I, I get that t- times are different now, so maybe I'm a grandpa who's got some weird ideas about shit, and uh, that's why I'm glad I'm married. I'm dealing with someone who I, uh, well, I wouldn't say I understand her, but I understand <laughs> enough. Yeah, you don't have to start over. I know how to get through a day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nights are tricky. Yeah, 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 the nights can be tricky. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I don't know, man. It's it's a weird thing because I feel like on some levels I'm super in touch with all that stuff because of Sex at Dawn and the, mm-hmm. the podcast and the you know the feedback I get from people and most of the people listening to the podcast are you know probably twenty five to thirty five I would say probably I don't know eighty yeah. percent of the audience or something. So I feel like very like I'm in that world a lot. I feel like you know Kyle and other friends of mine in that age group, and I'm very in touch with it, but in another way, I feel very um, like like I'm definitely not hanging out at colleges with people who get offended if I say the word "fuck, you know or well we're or, also self selecting ourselves i mean
0: that's the thing when you see some of these guys like I was talking about women who have this young comedian young comedian yeah. female friends man, right. on on Twitter who have this experience of guys that they're just assholes like yeah. as soon as they get disagree with the these women they go right to bitch or right. cunt or something yeah. like that and uh, we're we're more saying in our staying in our self-selected bubble i mean that's where I, i'm right. talking to the people who want to listen to me my right. podcast is for people right. who are kind of fans of mine who want to know what's going on with me. There's there's probably things of interest to other people in there, but if you, if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. Right, you know, right. and then you get a guy like Jordan Peterson who is out there, and I I don't think he's some kind of oracle, but he is out there telling people that he knows. Disagree with him, what he thinks, and so that guy is having a whole different experience than we are on yeah. Twitter. Because he's, a, yeah. he's pushing himself out there to say, look, I'm up for an argument
1: with right. you. Right. Hey, what do you think of the whole Kevin Hart thing?
0: Well, you're going to have to bring me up to speed on that because I have to admit that I only vaguely know that right. he got in some kind of trouble for some well tweet, tweet
1: some he, way yeah, back from tweet. like 10 years ago. Yeah. So he was offered to, to host the Oscars, he accepted, and then within, I think, 48 hours... People pulled up old tweets that were homophobic in the sense that he was basically saying like like one of the tweets was like, hey you know uh, everyone should do what they want to do I, I got no problem with gay people, but if I came home and my son was playing with my daughter's dolls I'd like you know sit him down and say don't do that don't do it you know and like try to talk him out of it so it was like interpreted as like a a fear of homosexuality and also offensive in the sense that he the premise was that he could convince his son not to be gay well or make his son
0: self-conscious about his identity
1: yeah but i think it's a
0: bad thing but then the, the other question is like is that something that he's saying on twitter to get a reaction or is this some reality thing like the reality of a you know I don't know Kevin Hart, but it seems like the reality of most of the modern people I know is they might say some shit like that, but once they have everybody thinks that they're gonna come. I'm oh, when I have a kid, I'm gonna fuck, I'm not gonna let them get away with that shit. And then you have a kid and you realize oh you can't really they're a person you can't just force them to do stuff. I mean right. you can if it's a safety issue, right. but if it's a if it's a playing with this toy or that toy issue. You got to talk them into it, and you don't really have the heart—no pun intended—to yeah. to come down on your kid who's having a good time and loving something. Exactly, good.
1: they're going to be who they are. You're and, not going to shame them. Right. I don't think Kevin Hart's actually going to shame. Well, and and like that's that. the whole point. He wasn't giving parenting advice. He was making a joke. He was and and yeah. arguably he was making fun of himself for being uncomfortable with homosexuality. Okay, so, 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 I mean, Andrew, do you know who Andrew Sullivan is, the, the writer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he's gay, right? Uh, yes. And, like... Uh, and a Republican. And a conservative. Not a Republican, I think, but a conservative. Well, he's backed up being a Republican. Yeah. Um, very, very intelligent guy. Uh, friend of mine, sort of. I've been to a bear bar with him. I was. I actually was in a bear bar with oh, Andrew man. Sullivan.
0: I would go to a bear bar with Andrew it's Sullivan. It's the only bear I...
1: bar I've ever been to. Bears, for those of you who don't know, are big, hairy, gay men. And I was in a bear bar in the West Village with Andrew Sullivan and Dan Savage. And Not a bear, though. He's a thin guy. He's me? a tw- tweak or tweep or whatever. There's, I don't know. Twink. 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 He's he's more of a twink. Yeah, but he likes bears.
0: Was that a trick to see if I knew that?
1: <laughs> he busted. Jake Johansson, secretly gay. Uh, yeah, and there was... A, and Carsey Blanton was with us. The great Carsey Blanton, who sings the theme song, song on my, my podcast. podcast. And at one point, Dan and Andrew and I went to the bathroom together, and we are all pissing. As you do. And I'm standing there between, like, two of the most famous gay intellectuals in America... And we all have our dicks in our hands. And I turned to them, I was like, Do you guys realize how many men would like pay their life savings to be where I am right now? <laughs> and it's all wasted on me. Here I am. Yeah. Anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, he wrote a, he wrote a piece for, he writes a weekly column for the New York Magazine. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a piece on the Kevin Hart thing. And, you know, he was lamenting, that, like, oh, there can't be any more gay jokes. And he was like, "I love gay jokes," you know. I, I mean, but he also talked about how a very hurtful uh, joke that he heard when he was like eight years old that really, you know, he's never forgotten. So it can be hurtful, but it's also a way of venting our anxieties around things. So you know, in black culture, there's a lot of anxiety around homosexuality, and if you can't vent it, I think that you know, getting back to the the young man and all this stuff, if we're not venting stuff, it, it curdles into rage.
0: Well, yeah, and the idea of, like, the difference between vocabulary and intent is a thing that I always right. like to think about because, yeah. okay, somebody used the vocabulary of someone who's homophobic, but, but did he have a homophobic intent? Is he, is he actually homophobic? Right. And the idea, when you equate those two things, when you say, okay, look, if you use the vocabulary, you, you are homophobic... You know, the problem with that is that now, you, now you've now you made this group of homophobic people who are opposed to you, a gay person, so big, and you can't tell who are the really dangerous people and who are the not really dangerous people. It's like, you can get on the list as a sex offender because you whipped your dick out and took a piss on the side of a building. Now right? right. you're a sex offender. So now I got a kid who I'm trying to keep safe in my neighborhood, there's a guy on the list two doors away. Like does he really want to have sex with my kid or did he just take a piss when he was drunk yeah you know it's yeah. like you're, you're messing up you're messing up something that is actually valuable and that is like who are the real people who are really homophobic and how do we reach them and change their minds not how do we punish everybody who says the word fag
1: yeah yeah but well said are we pricking our fingers or are we fingering <laughs> our pricks yeah are you ready well, for lunch?
0: Uh, yeah. I was I'm tr- I was just struggling to come up with some kind of a masturbation, diabetes joke there, and I couldn't get to it. Wow. Because diabetes, you have to prick, you have your, to finger prick, to prick to your finger. You to prick your
1: finger. That's test. true, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a tough one. Let us and know you don't, if you get you there. And you
0: definitely don't want to be... Trying to prick your finger while you're fingering your prick because mm-hmm. if you get that mixed if you prick up, your then prick then you prick your prick. Ow! Oh my
1: goodness! You don't goodness. want to prick your prick. That yeah. that's bad news whether you're a fag or not. <laughs> 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 All right. On that note, so we Jake and I live very glamorous lives here in Southern California. We're going to go have lunch with Simon Rex, A.K.A. Dirt Nasty, and Mickey Avalon. I don't know Mickey Avalon. No, you're going to meet him. He's He's uh, he's a cool guy. He's um, he's a rocker. Long hair, tattoos. He's a rocker. You're gonna look. You're gonna be like in the company of cool dudes here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Or
0: or are they? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.
1: Well, that was fun. That yeah. was
0: worthwhile. I'm gonna just stop because right. I'm gonna put my music and you'll stuff. You'll put your and you'll stuff. I'll your put thing. my I'll stuff. Do my thing. We'll package
1: it as we package these things. You know, what did you call it? What do I call what? Simulcast? Simul... Cast, simul... Uh, oh, co-release. Uh, co-release. Mm. Oh.
0: oh yeah, it's a co-release. We, we're co-releasing this thing, everybody. Uh, I hope you're having a great uh, holiday, uh, Christmas, if that's your thing, or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Festivus, whatever whatever you're doing. I hope you're enjoying it while you're doing it. And uh, thank you for doing this and listening to this. Uh, And thank you, Chris Ryan, for coming over and talking to me in my house and breaking the slump of the podcasts that are being released by me uh we're actually not a simultaneous co-release Chris and I he released this a couple of days ago so if you've already heard it thanks for listening to it again what are you doing boy i love you because you must love me uh so we're well not uh, it's not conditional uh, <laughs> oh i didn't mean to make that sound that way i only i'm not i'm not just going to love you cuz you love me i'm trying to love everybody but it's not easy don't give up There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I will talk to you soon, sooner, sooner than you, sooner than you think. I've, I'm pretty sure I can guarantee that sooner than you think. If you've been following the release uh, schedule of these podcasts, I'm pretty sure I'll get back to you sooner than you think. All right, happy Christmasy New Year. The machine, please. I don't care. I can't hear you unless you talk into the machine.
1: What?